I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello. So my guest on the podcast today is actor Emer Morrissey. Now, Emer is one of my bestest friends in real life. I love her to bits. I will always remember the very first time that we met. It was about five years ago. We were auditioning, oh no, maybe longer than that. Anyway, it was way back at the first series of Damo and Ivor and we had written the character of Tracy. Now my expectations for the person playing Tracy were as high as 10 Eiffel Towers. Tracy's very particular type of character and in my eyes was going to be really difficult to find her. A how do you find a hardcore scanger with a heart of gold or somebody who can play that I mean and we saw loads and loads of different actors for the part and I was like oh we're never going to find her and in walks Emer right? I loved the effort that she had gone to for the audition she was wearing a scanger tracksuit and written in the character description for the, um, Tracy was that she had a full head of blonde braids because that would be really like part of her fashion for the character and also that not only what it looks like to have a full braided head but for Tracy it would have been kind of like a weapon as in one swish of her plaits and ponytail and she'd whack you around the place you know so not only did Emer have the tracksuit on but she also had this sort of Tracy-esque chains and makeup and she'd gone to Claire's accessories and had a few blonde plaits <laughs> in her hair as well and I loved the effort but then she came in did the audition and nailed it and I was like there she is there's Tracy, we found her. It was a magic moment. So she went on to play Tracy in series one and two and Damo and Ivor the movie and did an incredible job as Tracy and even endured getting the full head of plaited blonde braids, which takes anything from six to eight hours to get put into your hair and is absolute agony. And obviously you can't take them out at the end of a filming day. So for the weeks that we were filming, even when Emer had to go to a wedding, she had those blonde braids in which is amazing dedication on her part as an actor and she just did an incredible job she's also famous for playing well Tracy and Damo and Ivor um, she's been in Fair City she is just back from a UK tour of Tinder the comedy which is an amazing comedy musical if you get a chance to go and see it um, next run I think is in the Olympia August 2019 brilliant 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 um, night out for the girls and the guys um, it's hilarious crack 
She's been in loads of TV shows and movies and theatre productions, loads of comedy and that's how I know her, but she does all the serious stuff as well. She's brilliant at it all. Emer's also an acting teacher and a highly renowned voiceover artist. And because I know her voice so well, I hear her on the radio all the time. And I'm like, oh, there she is doing her voiceover voice. And she does loads of those terms and conditions apply and can speak at 9 million miles an hour when she does them. Emer is such an amazing person, the definition of a best friend who's there in the good times and the bad times, an amazing support. She gives incredible advice. I love spending time with her. She makes me laugh so much. So happy that she's part of my life. I love her to bits. And I'm thrilled that she's going to be on the podcast today. Anyway, I'll shut up now. Here she is. Emer Marcy, welcome to Collaborative Studios and welcome to be my guest on the Cringe Binge podcast. I'm so excited. It's so brilliant <laughs> to have you here. I've been so looking forward to this. Now, you know me with the cleaning out of the drawers. I am not a hoarder, yet I've held on to all my old teenage stuff. Yeah. Now you've got receipts going back to what, 1982 maybe? Oh my God, yeah. Like mm. I'm, I am a hoarder. Yes, Like my mother time. used to say to me, I had this big, they, they created this big box for underneath my bed. I presume, well, I'd say it was for toys, but probably it was beyond toyness. And um, it, it was to help catalogue everything or keep everything in a place. And it was just full of junk, like rubbish. It pretty much still resembles my room right now. Um, and but I put everything in shoeboxes like today I was looking for stuff for this and I was saying I didn't oh, I didn't keep a diary I do remember having like a diary with a lock on it when I was in the early 90s and I was still in primary school and I didn't it was like you know you write a sentence a day I have one of those diaries now actually where you put it you answer a question a day for five years which is amazing but um and I never really wrote in it unless my parents really annoyed me and then I would write like, oh, I hate everything today. And then I'd write, and then I'd leave it, even though there was a lock on it, I'd leave it open. Or I'd write something in a note and have it out the side of it and leave it by my bed, like nonchalantly, like, you know, hoping that they wouldn't see it, but hoping they really would. Um, but hoarding is my middle name. And, but I'm so excited because I didn't think I kept a diary and I'm looking at stuff today and I didn't keep a diary per se, but I have diaries with like... um things that happened and I'd write a letter like I found I used to laugh at you being all like categorizing the blokes that you were with I found and I can't remember where where it was I wish I could find, pull it out now oh this is probably it now hang on so in November the 4th 19 I won't say the year because I might be a bit too old to be admitting to this kind of stuff um oh so I met Kieran Kelly that day um oh and I also snogged Kevin O'Toole they were, they were two in October who are lads and that I still am friends with I have a a list of my uh, the people that I kissed at Spin the Bottle. Remember that game? Great crack. In fact, I think I have photographs of that night here as well. Brilliant. And then it's not there, but it was like the, the meat sheet. So it was like, I actually did. I was like, Jules is crazy. I thought you were nuts. And then the meat I, sheet is a genius name now because that could be M-E-A-T. Or, yeah. <laughs> well. well, oh, yeah. But, oh, so, like, yeah. Uh, God, we have to trademark that. People I've ever met file. As well, that was it. The first fella, and that was um, all about. And it, it, it's on an A4 sheet, and then it's in. So it's not just about the person. It's about like I obviously did it in retrospect and wrote like our for, what we did for our first date, what we did this, what we did that. 
Like what a sap. We were so organised as teenagers though. So the picture I put up on Instagram of the, it was called the fun facts and that was going around in the 90s. Like we was nothing to organise, no dates, nothing, but going, I need a fun facts now. And do you remember how organised we'd all be in school and you'd have your margin down the side of the page? I'll get out the red pen and I'll have all my coloured pens, organise my pencil case. It's part of being a teenager. So we obviously just organised all that stuff as well. You see, I loved stationery and it was always a measure of your day, whether or not you didn't have, you had your pencil case in school. So if I got in the morning, I'd forgotten my, I always had like my mum worked in an office so she'd get like amazing stationery and she'd bring it home and I'd rob it and um, like I didn't just have lip- liquid tipex you know I had that roller mouse oh, oh yes yeah, so I was fancy the out the door and they were all uniball pens and uh, the but if you didn't have your pencil case in school it was like a bad omen Is for the, the equivalent day. of modern day forgetting your phone yeah you know, just, I have to go home to get my pencil case but you wouldn't go home you'd be there and you'd be like can I have a pencil please can I have a pen and I used to hate when people forget theirs because I'd have to give them a good pen oh. and you'd never get it back but you know when you were talking about that file of facts yeah. I had the spy one you know the detective oh, one oh yeah oh it was mad I desperately wanted to be in the famous five or the secret seven but I had a spy file now obviously that was probably the early 90s before I went into secondary school because I was way cooler in secondary school or so I'd like to think I was. I don't mean looking back on some of the stuff that I have here. I'm like, no, it definitely wasn't cool. No, no, no. That's what it's all about. Binging on the cringe. It's so good to look back. So when you think of teen Emer, what are the sort of memories that are the ones that jump out? I I really loved school. I, I didn't have a great time of it, maybe in first and second year. I, I went to primary school not close to where I lived because it was my uh, parents worked and my grandmother lived up the road so I went to secondary school in Wa- or primary school in Walkinstown and then went to secondary school out where I grew up with all my pals so when I went into school they all knew each other in school in a school life whereas I didn't necessarily I knew them from hanging out on the road and having the crack but um, when I went into school it was probably I enjoyed it but it was a little bit turbulent like there was a couple of people probably because I was a little head wreck like I teach young people now and you know they're like oh I'm looking at them going gosh you're so enthusiastic I was probably like that when I was your age. Okay, now I understand. Um, but uh, I love, I, once I settled into it, I loved school. We did shows and that was where I got the bug for what I do now. And um, I just, I really enjoyed it. But I was also one of these people, and this it was the same in primary school, but definitely in secondary school, I, you know, always stood for equality and why can't, why do we have to wear skirts? Why can't we wear trousers? And I was like, you know, not like, class captain because we didn't have them but if there was definitely some sort of freedom fight to be had I'd be leading the, the line like there was this letter that this thing that our teacher got us to do in sixth year and it was um you know uh you had to write something about someone like whoever everyone had their own sheet and you had to write a line about them and then fold it and pass it around at the end of the day you'd open up and you'd have what people thought of you and oh, that's I read lovely yeah and I'm, oh depending on no 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 write nice things no they did but I was looking at it recently I found it in a drawer recently and I was like and it was really like you're not afraid to speak your opinion you're very opinionated you're loud you're funny you're not afraid to speak your and I was like oh obviously clearly not afraid to speak my opinion that's a good thing but I I was a real I suppose I was probably a little bit of a lick arse in school and I was a bit of a goody goody but not in a just like we all there was a group of us we did a, a good kind of core group of pals who were kind of still in contact with each other um, now and we we behaved but we also didn't behave do you know what I mean and mm-hmm. we knew how to push the boundaries so that if we were out of class I remember doing the orals I think I got about three weeks off school for those because I was sitting outside learning stuff or chatting to people but no one they'd pe- the teachers would walk past you and think ah there's no way they do anything bad do you know what I mean yeah. so they'd let you away with it. now we weren't wrecking the place we did a show in um in school, one of the shows we did, Greece, it was the last show that we did. 
We actually incidentally did it in Mount Joy for the prisoners, which was totally random. But we did it in 1999, I think. And uh, yeah, 98 or 99, 99, I think. And uh, we used to have a cast packed. So this would be how we behaved as teenagers when I got a little bit older. Like we all just wanted to meet each other and that was it. Now meet, for anyone listening, is kissing. That's what we used to say. Will you meet me, mate? Like, um, And so we'd go into school early for rehearsals and we had all in the school, we had a real modern school. It was only open three years when I went in. And they had these, you know, like the fire doors, which every school has now, but back then they didn't. And we'd like, cl- we'd all arrange to meet early and be like, who's snogging who? Like, and such and such, you go down the corridor and we'd close the doors and it'd be complete darkness. And we'd be snogging in the school. Like, brilliant. Do you know what I mean? And people were wondering, God, they're loving the play. Yeah, of course we are. <laughs> Hormones. And we used to have, like, we'd have parties and we'd call it like MTV Select because like Select MTV was out at the time and it'd be like who's going to be there who's going to be at the parties and not out of any malice but just out of you know your parents wouldn't want like the world and its wife although I did have a party one year one I can't remember when it was must have been around Christmas or New Year's and it was again like 90s and um, my parents were really they, they were cool but they are cool and it was, everyone was allowed to have like two cans once people knew there was alcohol like we were probably about 15 or I don't know God that makes it sound really that we were like pissheads at like 14, 15. But anyway, that, that was normal. Maybe we didn't drink. I don't know. Anyway, right. We were in, I just remember being in the front sitting room. It was the house in Hartstown. And first thing that's so we're like, and we used to dance. We were like saps. We had like choreographed routines and everybody like, it was Love two, it. but you know, there was two dancers in our group and uh, well, we'd won, we'd, uh, Daniel, he was like a Billy Barry and he used to choreograph stuff in school. But then we'd these two girls. Tracy and Donna and uh, they were dancers so they would like be full on the moves and all so we'd obviously have learned like tragedy and steps and all the routines and we'd dance them at the party like cause that like you know you'd be snogging in the corner and then tragedy came on you'd have to go up and dance you know in your hipsters and you know all that kind oh, of oh mate. but anyway so we're bopping away probably a bit of you know whatever next of all the music stops and we had this like hi-fi system and the music stops and we can't figure out what it is and then my parents were obviously there so I must have they must have been upstairs and I was like oh, fix the music it turned out there was so much sweat in the room <gasps> that condensation had started inside the stereo so no. it like the water dropped in and then my dad was like Jesus the wallpaper was sweating off the wall like no. these weren't mad parties like <laughs> oh, no. you know a bunch of teenagers doing tragedy and the wallpaper at the top was kind of sweating off a little bit like not in a big dramatic like the whole house wasn't falling apart like but yeah, the music stopped but it was just you know oh um, my god that is priceless the teen, my teens were like I would love to go back and do maybe fifth year again I think that was the year we did Greece. Maybe I did that in I don't know. I'd like to go back and do fifth year because I felt really confident. Um, I I probably had a boyfriend, so I was probably delighted with my life at the time. And um, yeah, but then I look ba- back then, I was, I guess, mad. Like, you know, I'll talk about body image. I go, oh God, I look like this back then. And I look at photographs now. And if I was anyway the way I was back then, I'd be like, I'd be doing well. Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> It's It's always the way, isn't it, looking back? Now, when you look back and you think of, like, the dance routines and the plays put on in school and everything, did you know at that point, when did you hit the bug and think, like, you know, I want to be an actor? Um, I think, like, I used to do impressions of my family. My my mum has arthritis. And, uh, sorry, mum. And uh, she... (laughs) obviously the medication she was on back then wasn't as good as it is now and she used to have to come down the stairs sideways and slowly and she'd be like oh, oh, make noises and I used to do impressions of my mother coming oh, down the stairs it's a little wagon <laughs> but like people thought this was gas you know or I got what a, did your mum think she didn't I, I think she just I don't know actually 
And I used to do impressions of Jiminy Cricket. Come here, come here. There's more, there's more. And I did a mean Mary Robinson impression as well back in the day. Okay. And so I kind of always had this. And I did speech and drama. And I just loved doing improv. Like, that was the thing. But, you know, you never, like, nobody... You don't think of it as a career. You certainly didn't back then. And um, so I always had that bug... And school, we did shows in school and that was it. Like I'm, I went to my, we did a 20 year reunion of the, of the school now, not me. I'm out, am I out longer? Than, no, I'm not out 20 years yet. I'm, I'm out 19 years this year. And um, I remember talking to my, the vice principal now who was my tutor at the time and she used to direct all the shows. And uh, another teacher had come up and he was saying, oh, my son wants to be an actor, blah, blah, blah. And Anne Kelly turned around. She was like, it was like you, Emer. You were never going to do anything else but I don't remember I don't have that one pinnacle moment where it was like or that one moment where it's like oh yes this beacon of I want to be an actor it was just I always performed I always really enjoyed doing it I wanted to be a doctor when I was younger but then when I found it AIDS terrified me when I found out about that <laughs> and, I, and anywhere there was blood I was like no because I just thought I'd get it by even looking at it oh well you made the right decision then and, being an actor and then do you remember on um I don't know people don't remember this but there used to be a program on ITV called the children's ward God love those kids because they must have been sick for at least three or four years because there was like it was them all the time. And um, in, they were in the children's ward. And I remember one of the characters passed away in it and the doctors having to break bad news. And I was like, ah, no, couldn't be doing that now. Can't, oh, can't you, be doing you, that. No, can you imagine you? You'd be balling. Yeah. Oh, you'd be absolutely balling. But I, so, I, like, the idea of performing, I suppose, like when I was way younger. So like I, my nana and my nana was really religious and uh, my parents not so much. And me, not really. Like apparently I said to my dad when I was seven like or eight you know uh, why can't women be priests and that was a real sticking point for me and thank god we couldn't because you know maybe I might have ended up I don't know it definitely wouldn't <laughs> oh, but wait. I used to in my nana's front room so my nana minded me and uh, and then subsequently my, my other cousins and she had like this big red book which I think was a medical book but anyway I and she had these like little um, jugs and stuff and I used to play mass <laughs> like on my own in the front dining room and I'd lay out the table and she had this like uh, it's almost like an egg like an easter egg thing made out of wood and I used to open it very like entity engineering from my even start so I'd open it and I'd, re- and I'd have the book resting on it so it was like you know like the little plinth oh, yeah, kind of thing oh yeah yeah you're really getting into it oh yeah absolutely oh, yeah. oh and then I got the scarf because the priest had that scarf thing around his neck <laughs> And, you know, and I'd be like doing whatever and the hands in the air and giving it like on my own. <laughs> Nobody else was there. Let's just clarify that. And, you know, and mixing the even though there was no kind of water in it or whatever, mixing the things. And and I was like, only after, I was like, like what? What was it? I'm, yeah. I know kids are fascinated with religion, I think, because we learn so much. We learn it like a fairy tale in school. But I think it's like, hang on a second. These priests have a captive audience every Sunday. <laughs> Everybody's looking at them. You yeah. can't talk. So, like, that's theatre. Mm. You know what I mean? The so responsorial Sam. It's just like, yeah, and that's it, back and forth. And, yeah, you have your commanding audience that stand up and kneel down. You get to sing. You get to sing. I mean, sing. who wants to be a nun? They don't get that yeah. respect. Boring. They just give you the wafers in preparation for going up to the big fella. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And did you do communion now and wine and chalices and everything? Well, I had the... I didn't actually have them filled with anything. But, yeah, I had the two. Because I think my aunt went to, like, um, Turkey and she had these, like, little glasses and cups. Yeah. So that was obviously the holy water and the wine. And you'd I'm a whole mass. Pretty much, yeah. Oh, fantastic. Like, a mass is gas. Like, you know, my two aunts used to babysit me and one of them, if she babysat, she'd only rarely do it. She'd go to seven o'clock mass on Saturday and have to go to mass. Oh, I'd be like, oh, she babysitting, great. Um, but in mass, like even, 
like the whole kind of I just thought this was this little party I suppose and uh, you know when everyone says peace be with you yeah. I used to think that was pleased to meet you so I'd be shaking hands and <laughs> pleased to meet you pleased to meet you pleased to meet you and I used to call the tabernacle the fridge because when they opened it was white it was a fridge <laughs> the chilled wine and the, the chilled, chilled communion mm. oh my god it's so brilliant but like I forgot my, I remember going one time we had this great priest and stuff but I remember going to confession one time and I'd forgotten how to do it but obviously I felt like I needed to go don't ask me why and I went in I forgot you to say your sins out loud very progressive I was so I decided to say my sins in my head and uh, the priest now Emer, you're very good <laughs> no sins <laughs> no at all. Sin. I'm going no to confess absolve me of my sins I'm not telling you <laughs> Brilliant. They were a different time. So what was your relationship like with your parents? So you're an only child. What was your relationship like with your parents during your teenage years? Um, I'm really good. I was always daddy's little girl. Um, and um, I wanted to be my dad. I wanted to be my dad. Couldn't understand why I couldn't go around with my top off like he could when the sun came out. <laughs> I was really upset that he could wee standing up and I couldn't. <laughs> um, and we were just pals. Like apparently like at like the you know, when I was much younger, uh, they were dancing together in slow sets and stuff at weddings. I'd be pushing them apart. I'd be like, no, like, be, <laughs> get off. <laughs> sure. Fine. And I wasn't brought to a child psychologist. I don't know why. But oh. anyway, um, and uh, but as I got older, obviously, you know, like things change and like your period and all that kind of stuff and, and life changes. And myself and my mum, like I was always close to both of them. But my mum and myself kind of, it was, I'm sure it was a real kind of thing for my dad to be like, hang on a second, I thought I was number one here. But uh, they were always sound, they always said, um, their kind of ethos and um, was always like kind of anything is, um, anything's going on, please don't be afraid to tell us anything. Like never be afraid. And I was never afraid. And drink wise, like they would always give me a little drink at the weekends, much to everyone else's absolute horror. You know, like you'd have a mouthful of beer or something. And they taught me to respect drink. Mm -hmm. So I thought like when I got into my late 20s, life kind of went downhill then. Um, But yeah, they were really, everything was really open. We discussed things and I was never afraid to talk to them about anything. And I suppose technically and realistically, I'm still not and I'm 36. But we have a, like, we have a great relationship. We always had, they were sound. My mates loved my parents. They still do. And uh, they used to always like, God, your mom and dad look real young. Now, they do look young, but they don't look that young. But they, my mom and dad would be like, oh, who said that? <laughs> um, you know, and uh, they... They're just cool parents. They used to, everyone used to say, your parents are so in love. I'm like, like, what? Like, you know, because we also had pals and their mom and dad used to snog like in front of us, like full on wear. What? No, my parents did not do that. Um, But they, I suppose like my dad, my kids, my mom and sandwich in front of all. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Inappropriate. Absolutely. But like they do it and you'd be like, (gasps) it just became, but not my parents, just to clarify, my parents did not do that. But everyone (laughs) thought they were really in love. I don't know what the deal was, but they are, I guess. And they were sound and everyone always, our house was always the house that you came to if you wanted to hang out or whatever. My other friends had the same. Like when we were much younger, we'd all hang out in my back garden. And it was like Emer's gar- shed is what we used to, be, used to call it. And um, they were just, they were brilliant. Like, you know, and they were sound. And if anything happened, like I remember my mum used to pick me up from like nightclubs when I was probably about cool. 16. Do you know that kind yeah. of way? Um, but I always, I did, I used to go out, oh, you're only allowed to have two pints or whatever, two drinks. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. One night I went out, I had more than two pints, which would be unlike me because I'd always be shit now I'd get caught. Uh, and I had perno. 
And it was the first night I got absolutely and utterly rat arsed. Is Perno, that's the stuff that tastes kind of like aniseedy sort of, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Perno and white, we used to drink myself uh, and my friend Jen. With, with beer? No, well, I think I'd had two pints and then we went into the nightclub and had the... Oh, yeah. recipe for does this? Now, I probably only had two pints and two Pernos, but like... You were fish-faced. Yeah, I look how small I was. But yeah, not good. <laughs> but I wasn't like, like I don't think I think that night was a bit mambo to going home but I, what my first ever loco hangover um, I went I was working I was starting the job actually I have it with me today the Dunn Stores badge totally yeah, I brought that yeah. like, totally unrelated um, I, that was my first kind of real job as in I worked with my mum and stuff but I worked in Dunn Stores and customer service on my first day of work I'd been out the night before at Mer, was it Addy or Mirza an awful lot of um, Bosnians in our year because um, obviously in uh, the conflict at the time and they were just they were gorgeous um, <laughs> and we went to a party one night and we were all I think it might have been Addie's birthday and there was a big gang of us there and there was so much alcohol like we'd all bring our own but obviously the lads would have like they had alcohol or they bought alcohol don't ask me why but he had his fridge well stocked I think he was going out with a mate of mine at the time and I drank champagne I drank uh, I think vodka beer and then the final one was peach naps oh god and I was wearing face off some young fella out the back garden and I can I can even remember the outer body experience of being drunk and then trying to walk back up the garden path and like it was just good like this is like don't drink this if any young people like I'm aware I <laughs> like you know never drink ne- ever no and don't be drinking at that age but mm-hmm. I, I I couldn't I was anyway I was in an awful state I went home that night woke up the next morning it was my first day ever to work in Dunn's and you were and woke hanging. Up, hanging, puking everywhere. Got into work and there was an older woman there. And then this girl called Katie Hughes, who's a singer now. And uh, I always remember, she was so kind to me that day. She was a couple of years older than me. And they all thought I was just really nervous. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, so nervous. Yeah. I literally thought I was going to have to puke in the bin in the middle of the Banish Centre Shopping Centre in the back of the customer. I was just the worst. Now, my parents didn't know that, mm. but there was a, a subsequent time. Like, I was still in school. And the what song. was your, your job in in, um, in Duns? What were you doing? I was the, I worked on the customer service desk. So we dealt with complaints and I was the only person allowed to use the tannoy. So, oh know. my God, I am so jealous. Give us a bit. Clean um, up an aisle four. Oh no, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be doing that then. <laughs> um, <laughs> good evening, customers. There's great better value in our bakery department this oh, evening. Love it. Oh, <laughs> donuts, four for the price of one. Um, yeah, that, that was that. Was that. Um, I mean, I, di- I, I did get really drunk one time. Not I say that, it makes me sound like such a terrible teen, but like, um, and the song, you know, Blue Dabadee. Yeah. That song reminds me of it because I was caught. Oh. And my parents were like, so they didn't give out. They did that. So disappointing. Oh, that's way worse. Way worse. And then bought me a McDonald's the next morning and made me eat it. And I was like, <gasps> I was sitting across the table. I just couldn't. And then there was like a real, you know. Wow. There you go. So when it came to, you know, the teenage drinking and stuff like that, was that just kind of like part of your group? Was there ever peer pressure or anything? Oh, no. It was just something that everybody did. Um, Not not everybody, because we had people in the group who didn't. We people in the group who drank too much okay. uh, and we'd be like oh god look at them you know mm-hmm. um, and then we it was just something we did nobody it, like you wouldn't be going out with bags of cans I couldn't we used to call it knacker drinking years ago when you'd go out and drink in a field I don't, and I know that's not politically correct but that was the that title was the term. Back then. yeah 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 I wouldn't do that number one because people would probably see me and I'd get in trouble and I was a bit of a scaredy cat for getting in trouble but also I was not going to the toilet in a bush <laughs> Unless I was camping in the Wicklow Mountains. <laughs> so, and even at that, I had some form of portable when we used to do that. So, um, we used to do it in each other's house. Like, we'd have house parties. Mm. We had house parties all the time. Like, there's one of the notes, uh, this note page, and this, we're all asking each other questions. 
that found the box and one of them was like so here why is Andy having a party don't know just think he's having one okay grand like we just there was no excuse for you to just have there were gatherings and there were parties yeah. and um never any drugs um okay. and That's very really like never any drugs none of us really smoked none of us smoked actually and then it was in later life the lads kind of smoked a bit more but I'm talking like when you're hitting your late teens early 20s um and no peer pressure someone didn't want to drink they didn't drink that we just we weren't that group um and I remember one time going, oh my God, she'll kill me now. I went to my cousin's party after her junior cert, I think, and they did a party in the house and I went and I remember someone was uh, rolling a joint. I won't say which cousins they were because I have loads of them, right? Okay. And I was like, I went home and I, if I ever got stressed, I used to write poetry. I was <laughs> horrified that I was at a, at a party yeah. with drugs and all of it was like a joint like yeah. and someone was rolling a joint at the table and I was like, I, like I'm, I'm sitting there and all that's going through my head is the SWAT team are going to break in. <laughs> You know, um, oh. but no, no, and like in and around when I was doing my junior cert, it was one of the first times that, um, well, first times it was definitely reported there was a girl had taken an ecstasy tablet and took too much water and died because we were all like, that's definitely going to come up on the junior cert, you know, that you know, they, the way they'd have something in it. Hang on, and I don't remember this. What happened? She yeah, took too much water, and I think what? she had too much water, so there was like, you know, everyone's like, when you when like, I don't want to tell people how to do it because I don't really know myself, um, but I think she took her body wasn't able for the amount of water oh, and it didn't God, absorb it. So awful. technically she, I think she drowned herself. I don't know. I'm not yeah. entirely sure. I can't really remember. But her parents released the photograph and it was on the front of the newspaper. That was probably about 97, 98. Mm. And because we were like that and Princess Diana <gasps> were definitely going to come up with the junior cert. And um, then, and I always remember like if anything ever happened, I'd be like, I would be that one person who did it once. And something mm. bad would happen. Um, it'd be my parents on the front. But Emer would never have done that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I, we were all, and we were just, go- we know we were blessed. I always remember my parents saying, you have a great group of friends. And I did. And I, I think throughout my life, I always have great people around me. I'm blessed with the friends I have now, the friends that I had then. Some of them are the same. Some of them are different. And it's just so important. Oh, it's so important. Um, like and we used to do mad things like I just thinking now because I was just thinking in my head there about social media um, Mick uh, McGrath had a computer before any of us had a computer and he had the internet and he had like a you know a chat name and we'd go into these like chat rooms and be like ASL nothing like MS people talk about MSN I'm like guys you did like we were practically coding back in the day when we were on the computer <laughs> like messaging each other you wouldn't know who you'd be talking oh, to oh I know complete random and we'd have like one login there'd be six of us sitting around going say this and say that and you know it was like this event yeah it was nuts it was a huge deal oh my god was, and you're talking to complete random strangers yeah oh it my god could have been anywhere in the world what do you think you would be like you grew up, in, you know, with the birth of that technology, you know, with in the internet coming in, the computers arriving, mobile phones and things like that. What do you think it would have been like if to be a modern or to be a teenager these days? Oh, I could, could. I don't know how they do it. I really don't know how they do it. Um, I just think there's so much pressure with like computers and the internet. Like, thank like my lucky stars that there was no internet around the amount of stuff we did at those parties and mm-hmm. like I have fo- I, everyone hate my dad worked for a photograph company so I used to get rolls of film for a pound and I get them developed for two quid amazing so everywhere we went be like e- don't worry Emer has the camera to have ten rolls of film with me so every inch of my teens are photographed and people used to hate me but like 
we can rip them up, lads. Yeah. They're not on the internet for the whole entire world to so see. So they can always be censored. Yeah. And like, like I remember, I don't know whether you remember this, um, Spectra or Photo King, it must have been Spectra at the time, I think, they used to give you stickers with your photographs with bubbles and they'd have like oh and you'd stick so you get your photos and you'd stick the bubbles and then you could write something on it yeah Yeah. and then they'd give you blank ones you could write your own thing now I don't know why you'd want to ruin a picture because I don't think we ever use them in our house you wouldn't ruin pictures you know it's a great little marketing idea though isn't it but like that isn't it it's brilliant but nowadays we do it like on a computer and Mm. we like what would you say what's I can't think of the word like there's an app for something and you write on it but we did it back then but we did it Old school analog. Like I used to have a, a camera that was that big, Tiny and it's like I'm talking about the same size as my thumb, if not bigger. And it was had the rolls of film, you know, that looked like a little mini telephone. Yes. Now there's no flash on it. You'd put it in, and you'd take a picture with it. Like I mean, that was state. That piece of plastic was state of the art. Okay. Um, and the kids now have everything on their phone. It's in their pockets. They never get a break. They never come away from it. And everything is like look Instagrammably good. You know, like, do I have enough makeup on? How many filters can I put on? We couldn't do it back then. Now, has that affected us as we're older? Maybe. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, But I am certainly glad. Like, Bebo was only coming in, I think, when... I don't even think when I was in secondary school. Maybe in my first year of college. Bebo was a thing. Yeah. And that was our big dilemma back then. Who are you going to give your love to for the day? Yeah. What's your flashbox going to be? Who's your other half? Who's your... Yeah. Like, who's your other half? Oh, my God. The wars that happens over that. Like, I mean, in Carta... I was just happy figuring out new facts in Encarta. Do you remember that? (laughs) Yeah, Encarta 95. I remember it so well. We had a Gateway 2000 computer and the dial-up. Oh, like... The dial-up internet, my God. And nobody else could use the phone if you're on the internet. Like, it's just, it's hard to think that, you know, we see ourselves as still young. And then when we're looking back on all of this, and it's, yeah, it's 20 years ago, but how fast has everything happened? And if you're a teenager these days, you don't go through the gang stage anymore. You go onto YouTube when you're in your very early teens, Mm. you watch a few makeup tutorials and you go, that's how you do it. Imagine if we had makeup tutorials back then. We all had to go through all the blue eyeshadow and all of that. What did teenage Emer look like? Um... Very much like teenage, like teenage, like now, Emer. <laughs> I love tracksuit bottoms. I love jeans. I love my Liverpool jersey. Um, I wasn't really mad into dressing up, and then obviously I got into my like I just I'd always be in tracksuit bottoms, and you know you're like your Nike Air Max, mm-hmm. um, and that kind of thing, and then like the odd summers where I was going out hipsters and a nice top, oh. or you know the string tops, mm-hmm. and uh, I was mad for a suit jacket when I got older as well. <laughs> Um, and I loved trousers and shirts and jackets. Actually, do you know what? I actually was probably pretty stylish, but I was not. Everyone else was going around in tops that were showing their boobs. Now, I was in like the, um, not, not like, I was in shirts, but like nice shirts, like stuff you'd get in top Did shop. Did you have any other shiny ones? Shiny shirts. I did. I got one really dodgy looking and it wasn't even, it was like, you know, that kind of like track suit top, but not top kind no, of material yeah, yeah. that you used to get like in Japan and magic in Japan, the Ilex Centre. Japan. Oh, oh my God. God. I also had a pair of white jeans back in the day when oh, my geez. ass was Did you size. have, because I know you have them now for going to the Spice Girls concert, you got the Adidas rip away yes, tracky bottoms. They are amazing. <laughs> And if anybody is looking for them, they are in Topshop now. Real Adidas ripaways with the buttons down the side. They have them in black and navy. They're in store because they're back in fashion. And I got mine on ASOS. You got yours on ASOS? Next, yeah. Okay. And Adidas have them in the Adidas store, which because I ordered them, but I think they're going to come in too late. Um, so you're reliving yeah. the 90s. Did you have them back then yes, as well? Yes, I did. I had a navy oh, pair um, with like a little orange bit on them. But I also got a pair of um, champion ones. Now, so the Adidas ones, 
are sewn at the top because I went out with a guy and God love him we used to rip them off him all the time it was like it was my passion in life and um, but he, he must have had a different pair of socks I remember one time getting them in Lambert and, and just seeing him in his little jocks and he was like so upset and I was like oh I feel really bad but I bought a pair I wanted like really nice ones I got a pair for Christmas uh, champion ones um, and they ripped from the top down and because I was such a devil because I used to rip everyone's like Derek O'Boyle used to be a basketballer a friend of ours and he'd have proper ones because he'd have a short on underneath you know I wanted a pair of them but I knew I every time I was near people I'd rip them so I I had to get them they went to a seamstress to get sewn <laughs> Amazing. I would have been naked for oh the whole my of my God. like. Yeah. So I'm just thinking about this. Obviously, the design was because they're sportswear. So you were supposed to wear your shorts or whatever underneath it. And an athlete would wear them, yeah. warm up on the sidelines, mm-hmm. and then go, right, you're on. And the idea was that you do your Chippendales and you rip them off and you go onto the pitch and you know yeah. you do your sports. So why did the Adidas ones have stitching down the side? Because I had those ones as well. And they ripped the buttons, they popped the buttons up to the top of your thigh. Why know. would you? Why? I don't know because I actually I put them on the other day and I was like, what? what? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe if you're getting a bit warm now, you could, or maybe you know. Answers on a postcard if anybody knows. Yeah. Like, what's the practicality behind that? Or maybe it was because it's Ireland. You never know when the sun's going to come out. You just rip no. them and you got a pair of shorts and you just <laughs> close them back up again. But you could still run in if it rained. <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. That's very clever. I like that. You never know. Um, Tell me about uh, the boys. So when all the hormones start kicking in and you start fancying the boys and the fellas and everything and meeting, as you call it. So there's so many different references in Irish, you know, will you meet me friend? Will you shift me friend? Uh, You know, all all those different terms that we had for snogging. What was your first kiss like? Well, I just have to back it up and tidy it, right? I was mad for blokes when I was younger. Like ten, Did like, you go to a mixed primary school as no, well? No, 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 only all a mixed girls. School, all girls primary school. Okay, and then okay, go on so. And yeah. uh, that's a whole other podcast in itself, and a very not a very nice one. Uh, but um, 
they, I remember my parents saying, oh, we're, she's man mad. We'll have to lock her up when she's 12. Um, you know, because I, I just, I just had a twinkle for every, obviously, male that I saw. And I went to Killarney one time and um, there was this real cool dude and he used to dress like, and I, I'm kind of at angst to say his name now, but Michael Jackson, because he was all the rage back then and we didn't know what we know now. And he dressed like him and he had all the cool moves and his dad kind of dressed the same as him, which was really sad. But anyway, and he'd give you like a high five and a low 10, you know, like... <laughs> And uh, I was mad about him. I cried all the way back from Killarney because I missed him. Can't remember his name, Rob, I think. And I was only about seven at the time, right? Oh, yeah, like seven or eight. So I'm, and he was my little boyfriend. Like, and my, and my pal Andy, like, we grew up together. And I went in and I told my teacher that he was my boyfriend in junior infants. Oh. And I told Andy, and Andy wouldn't talk to me. And so, like, I was obviously obsessed with men. For, you know, I wasn't doing anything. But, you know, because obviously yeah. I was a child. But then I hit 12 and it was kind of like, mm, yeah, you know, and you would be writing your top tens because everyone had a top ten. Who's in your top ten? I don't know, I'm taking him out now because I saw him picking his nose in English. Like, <laughs> you know, and um, we had a top ten. And, and I was mad for boys, but I was a real late, late uh, plumer, actually. Yeah. And uh, I didn't snog my first fella until I was, uh, I don't know, probably four, four, 14, maybe 15. And I was, I remember. That's not late. That's uh, the same as me. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah, same as me, yeah. I kind, of kind of felt late, like. Yeah. But my, um, I remember my cousin, she was a little bit old. So I have co- two cousins who lived quite close by and one was older than me and one was like the same age as me. It's three months between us. She's older. And uh, I remember her saying, only your first kiss, it's kind of like a wet rubber rolling around in your mouth. <laughs> oh my God. And I was like, that's not the way it looks like on the movies. But anyway, so I was going out with this guy. God love him. His nickname was... I'm going to say it. He, I don't think he'd mind. His nickname was Burger. And, uh, his, Great nickname. Burger. But I was going out and I'm sure I didn't even know his real name for, you know, whatever. He ended, incidentally, he, him and another pal of mine from school got married and they're happily married and they have a lovely daughter and it's a terribly cute story. Um, but anyway, he was my first boyfriend and I just, he made me laugh. That's what I really liked about him. And we met the young scientists and we started hanging out and he was friends of friends of mine and that kind of thing. And he could sing and... And uh, he was mad into the Tasmanian devil. And, but we must have been kind of going out. We hadn't kissed. Like, God bless his patience. Like, me being the absolute frigid, like as they used to say back then. But I had an excuse because I wasn't well or I had a cold or whatever, right? So anyway, I mean, it felt like a long time. It probably was only about three or four days. But there was one night we went somewhere. I can't remember where it was. And we were walking back to, uh, we got to the garage in Hartstown. And we were at the corner, um... I was like, Dainty, when I listened to Dainty's podcast, it like reminded me, I didn't do the rocks. My mates did the rocks, I didn't. Anyway, we were at the, what we'd call the gap. And I was at the gap with Kieran, and we were saying goodbye. And it was like this, uh, will we, won't we kiss kind of thing. And then he, we kissed, right? And it was not very pleasant, but like not, just not what you think it's going to be. You oh, know what I mean? Someone, way, someone throws it? their tongue in and nobody really, like I'm sure Washing he knew what to do. And I was like, yeah. yeah. But I was so excited <laughs> that I sprinted home. Right, it's about, say that if I walked it, it would have been about six minutes. I got home in about two minutes, ran in the door, picked up the phone. Because back then you used to see your mates all day and then you'd ring them and you'd be on the landline all night yeah. sitting in the hall. And I rang my friend Natasha. I'm pretty sure it was Natasha I rang. Maybe it wasn't, I don't know. And I remember being like, oh, like it was about a couple of seconds long. And like looking back now, I'd say he was like, oh, Jesus, what am I after doing? Like I'm going to hold now for this. Like, and all I got was it. But I got better with it at times. Although we did, there was one incident with the same said person. And uh, we were walking one day kissing 
back I don't know where, where, where we used to go to Castlefield and we'd be snogging and do you remember the gotchies the men who used to like mind the building site you'd call them the gotchies because they'd be like gotcha if you're because they used to think the, you were robbing bricks what no the gotchies yeah 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 the gotchies yeah my dad told like me that security guards yeah yeah like, gotcha he said the gotchies that's what we used to call them but anyway my dad used to call them so that's what I used to call them and uh, but we were in Castlefield actually where my house is now but back then it was a building site and in the rent there were some houses there and we were walking and uh we went to kiss and we obviously, you know, the kind of don't open your eyes when you're kissing someone. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Like, why? Like, do what you want. But anyway, close our eyes. And we both ended up with a branch because we were under the tree and the branch came in. And then obviously to move out of the way, we started walking backwards. But as we were walking, obviously the tempo changed. Now, I thought he changed the tempo and he stopped and he says, slow down, will you? Well, he may as well have told me. The most, the biggest, I was disgusted with him and I never let him forget it. I was like, you did that. And he'd be like, well, would you slow down? I was like, egg. Because I wouldn't be, you know, I'd be much more attentive. Oh my God. And I was like, it's because we're walking. I used to have this weird thing and actually came up in a class that I was teaching of teenagers one day. We used to have like, the, which way do you lean? Because like for some bizarre reason you couldn't go in and kiss that. Like, what's your lean? And so in my head, I was like, oh, I would have to lean to the right if I wanted to kiss someone. Yeah. I had to lean to the right. But now I can do it on both sides. <laughs> obviously, I'm proficient now that I'm 36. And I can go in straight on. But yeah, you know, which way do you lean? Like these, these Oh my God, things, I know. Like, the things that you think of and you're, oh. Now, one of the things that is jumping out at me here is this Jeep folder that's on the desk with some hunky 90s ride with the sort of stringy hair type of uh, 90s hairstyle. And uh, what's in it that you found today so Tell us. I found this I totally forgot I'd done this um, I was on the phone to my friend Laura and we decided we were going to write a book or whatever it was it, it started I think there's something in the diary in one of the diaries and it says you know if we had a wand for the day a magic wand what would you do so Laura came up with the ideas and I decided I was going to write the story okay so this is there's a warning it's called our last summer as kids because basically it was what was going to happen or what we you know we were projecting happening but actually, we knew it wasn't going to happen. But the more I read into it today, it was like, there's some bits of truth in it. So it's like the romantic notions of how we met and like yeah. different things. But the first one is like, warning. Will I read a bit of it? Yeah. God, Laura, I hope you don't mind me mentioning this. Warning in red writing. Okay, now this is all typed, by the way. There's no messing with me back in the day. Before you read this, bear in mind the following. It's not like a Connor story. You get to keep your clothes on. So we had this friend called Connor and he used to write porn. A little bit like you. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. But he'd like have versions of us and then we would, it would creep us out, but it was gas. So anyway, this wasn't going to be porn. This, uh, this was the first story of its kind before yous all copied us. Myself, Emer, inverted commas, because maybe that's not my real name, uh, and Laura were on the phone one day and we were so bored we made up a storyline. Well, Laura did. It was things that was never going to happen but were fun to talk about. Although Laura and Kieran have proved us wrong. The rest won't come true. Laura was on a If I Had a Magic Wand buzz and that's how it started. She was to make the story outline and I'd find some time to write it. We started in early January and there'll be a reunion in 20 years time in my house, Emer's house, inverted commas again, of course. So keep your diaries clear and always send me info on where you're living and how to contact you when you leave school. We're sorry if you don't like the story or your part in it, but hey, it's Laura's idea. If we left anyone out, count yourself lucky, but you're still invited to the reunion. Have a laugh when you read about what will never happen. Like, like, obviously, so obviously Mark, is that reunion next year? Um... Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have to do it, Emer. No. Oh, hilarious. No way. All right. Give us one of the In stories then. What one? But I have to change the names. 
I'll, well, I'll just say a, whatever. ABC. Whatever. Yeah. But in the, so this is the, oh, this actually makes me laugh so much. Um, in the beginning, this was the first chapter. God, I wish B would hurry up. It's that Stephen, he's always making her late. We still love him, said Laura with a smile. So obviously, like, I was trying to say scorpy things about people but was afraid that they'd find out about it. We all gathered in Emer and Darren's house. Darren's my pal. We weren't together in the story, by the way. We were just pals and we had massive houses, I think, further on down the story. <laughs> For our big 20-year reunion later, and then all the people's names, um, Eames, L, and B swore that they would never part after school, and they didn't. We did. Um, <laughs> the others had their own lives to live, but most of us kept in touch while some of us had drifted. It was Eames and Darren's idea to have a reunion, and it took ages to organise, but with the help from others, it wasn't too bad. Some of the old gang had gone away, but managed to come back just for the party, in memory of the good old days. Eamor and Darren like most of the group, had done well for themselves and had very big houses with a bar. <laughs> Priorities! So it was them that held the reunion. The doorbell rang and Eames jumped to answer it. To the, uh, she ran to the hall, opened the door, like, do you know what I mean? Like so much information to see B and I'm going to give this person a nickname. We'll say um, Doyler, right? Okay. Doyler standing with a bottle of champagne. Come in and get that on ice. Good to see you as early as usual, joked Emer. Sorry, but we were stuck in traffic, said Doyler. We went into the kitchen where the rest were and there was a big hugging session. You want a drink, Doyler? Asked Darren. Yes, but Darren, will you please call me... Thomas, I'm a grown man and I like being called by my first name. <laughs> Something that Doyler often said, but we took no notice of. Horrible people. Um, sure I will. What did I say his name was? Thomas. You can save the Doyler name thing for bed with, just as Darren was about to finish, be interrupted. And no, Mr. Darren's second name. Don't, you, uh, no, we don't. Darren says, you don't sleep together? Ha, <laughs> Darren, no. I meant Doyler is not the name that we use in bed. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay, people, let's calm down, C said, trying to keep the peace. We're only messing, said B. Let's go into the sitting room and make use of that bar and the food that we've laid out. <laughs> Emer said as she led the way. <laughs> like, there is mad oh stuff about, like... Oh, my God. You know, I melted into his lips. Tears rolled from my eyes like a waterfall. I was an absolute sap. Oh, you were obviously just, you know, getting into your writing and everything. And, and look, have you got a house with a bar? Because you got one year to get it. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't have a house with a bar. Like I thought when I was younger that by the time I was 25, I'd be the CEO of a massive corporation. I'd be married. I'd have kids. I'd have a massive house. Yeah. I'm 36. I have none of those things. <laughs> Am I happy? Absolutely. <laughs> well, Am I doing what I love? All that matters. Yeah. Yeah. One of the other things here that's fallen out of your box, and I'm amazed because... Out of my box. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's um, one of those leaflets from Calvin Klein Eternity. So do you remember, these used to come in magazines, didn't they? Mm. It was like a sample of perfume, and that's how they promote them. And um, I know they still do that now, and you can go into like a fancy shop and they'll spray it on a card for you, and you yeah, take it away and you yeah. waft it, and you know, go, oh yeah, I like this, whatever. I don't know, I don't wear perfume because I'm just allergic to it. But this one... It's 20 years old. Yeah, and the rest. Smelling it's, it, and it still smells like eternity. Eternity for men. And you open the little thing on the side of it and you can still smell it. Yeah, if that's not saying chemical shitstorm, I don't know what it is. It's still beautiful. It's crazy. It's still beautiful. And then, it's like when I smell it though, it's so amazing to, like it brings me back yeah. to the 90s because I used to wear this. How much you associate smell. Well, absolutely. Oh my God. Like the Ruti 1881 reminds me to get my braces on because my mum was wearing it when I was in the dentist chair. Oh, what? Oh, God. 
Do you know what else I had in here? I probably can't find it now. It was like a little card. It obviously it came from Big Magazine and it was a small one of Friends, but it was obviously like the first series. Yeah. And up the top right hand corner, you know, it had like the heat sensitivity and you put your finger over it yeah. and then it like popped up. I can't remember what it said. Maybe it said smash hits or something. But oh, Do you remember those, all those stickers? Do you remember the scratch and sniff ones as well? Yeah. Oh my God, they were amazing. And Absolutely. then you, they brought out ones as well though and you'd, smack, you'd scratch them and they smelled of yucky things as well. Yeah. I liked the ones that were like bananas and strawberries and all those like nice you'd buy in the body shop really yeah mad oh, for a fruit body shop what are your memories of the body shop um they, they used to do a soap called um i used to love white musk i had white musk yeah. perfume i had white musk bubble bath i loved the little balls that you'd put in you name it i had it all but the bar of soap white musk smelled like marion lennon school of ballet which is where i did ballet when i was young and i was traumatized because i wasn't a ballerina and i'm still not good toes bad toes and anytime i smelled the soap people buy me it would bring me back to the ballet Oh my god! Yeah, but the body shop was good. It was expensive. The lip balm, kiwi oh. grapefruit lip balm. Yeah, they were incredible, weren't they? Oh, they were the days, lads. And now Dewberry the- perfume, white musk, mm. fuzzy peach. I see. I wasn't a fan of peaches because the peach snap incident. Oh Term- right, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that wasn't good the following morning. Like- and there was the vanilla perfume as well. I remember hearing that um, guys were attracted to the smell of vanilla. So of course we all went out bought the vanillas and drowned ourselves in it. Yeah, going around smelling like a big block of marzipan or something. I don't know, <laughs> mental. May <Now>, tell me, <laughs> I can only laugh every time I say your box day. Oh, look at your homework notebook here with all the stickers from Smash Hits on yeah, it. Peter Andre. Peter Andre. Paul the Nichols. hack of Peter Andre. I mean, his hair is. How much? What, what sort of product would you say he put in his hair? Cement. <laughs> my god homework notebooks though were very important weren't they yes because there's no homework or anything in them it's just oh there is in mine I was very organised Jules what's this little note in here <gasps> oh I don't know oh I'm opening it right we can always edit it out if it's going to get you in trouble hi how's it going I think we are passing notes that we don't want the other women around us to fold what this page is an example uh, uh, there's nothing juicy in there, <laughs> so the women mm. where we had three friends and we were like the women and then we used to like pass each other notes in the corridors I had only forgotten this until today so you pa- and you'd pass each other notes and stuff what are you after finding oh my god in Irish kept staring at me <laughs> am I allowed to say his name <laughs> well okay well, we can edit it out we'll put a beep on his name right? put a beep on his name because I'll tell you a story about him then okay in Irish kept staring at <laughs> staring me out of it he didn't do any work he just stared into space and then at me for ages and even when I looked up he he has something wrong with oh he has something wrong with him i was going to scream what are you looking at but he didn't he's a freak with a big hash sign at sign exclamation mark exclamation mark dollar sign pound sign big dick how would you know? oh, that might need me my writing give me a look at that oh no it's mine <laughs> so. some freak is already was staring out of it well listen he's only human i don't blame him Oh yeah, I won't tell you about him. Okay, well, yeah. I got, I got. Let's just say he tried to make a show me one day in Irish, and I got him good, and I never got any. He was in my top ten. I fancied him, but um, he never slagged me again. I got him good. A little bollocks. Yeah, he was a little bollocks. Okay. Exclamation mark. Um, Hashtag. Is there anything else from your box of tricks? Or in your diary or anything? Are you really surprised that you kept a diary? Yeah. Yeah, it's mad, like, isn't it? Because I thought on this, I have kept so much of my stuff that I was like, oh, should be brilliant now. I'll be bringing in everybody and everybody will have a big, huge, massive diary like I did. And I'm like, oh my gosh, there's loads of people that I've contacted going, Jules, I don't have anything at all. Were you mad into, you, you did poems, didn't you? Yeah. Oh, like, the poetry. I just, I could, like, oh my God. This is the first time I met someone. What our song was, because that was really important back then. P 
people's no- do you remember as a couple <gasps> yeah oh what's this I know oh here's the poem oh bring it on love the poems 27th of April right I won't say the year such and such is meeting oh okay um I know you well I love you more my stomach queasy my nights left uneasy waiting every day I pray until the day when you will say you'll be mine and I'll be yours together forever great lovers <laughs> You rhyme yours and lovers. Oh, but look, do you remember what? this? I did. You did the I, the numbers thing to see how compatible you were oh, with each other. Yeah, yeah. That's because totally. you see, we were brilliant at maths, so we were able to do all the percentages and everything in your head, and you'd be like, carry the nine. We were so good at all of those things, and we were great at poetry because we were doing the English classes and everything all the time, rhyming like rappers. Now I've just had a brilliant brainwave. What? Going to publish a book of teen poetry. Right. Oh, I'm going to collect it. I'll give you a whole. From people around the country. Send me your teen poetry that you wrote back in the day, whether it was happy or sad or no matter what the theme was that you were going through. Don't care if it rhymed, if it was a haiku, whatever it was. And I'm going to put it together and I'm going to assemble um, a book of teen poetry. And it's going to be amazing. That's right. Another one. On a Bank of Ireland finance page. Also, the team, I wrote, uh, somebody told me about, their boyfriend at the time and I wrote a poem for her about it and she's like oh and I read it this morning it's shit but one of my friends tried to turn it into a song this is another poem I'm like this is I don't even know what this is now hang on (laughs) I was mad for rhyme right (laughs) her life once again is causing her pain struggling for one fella her efforts in vain the set the second comes along doing no wrong and snaps up what the other did not. Now you tell me this. It is something like this that you do not want to miss. <laughs> I can't even read the rest of it. I don't even know what language that is. That's <laughs> hard to pay. Like, that might even... There's my junior cert results. Oh! This is now... You know when they say your junior cert is very, very important. Yeah. And you say to yourself in life, well, you know, looking back on it, will I ever really need it? Now you need it. Now it's come up. This is it. This is the time, like the Oxbow Lakes, everything. The only time we'll ever talk about them is in a podcast like this. Yeah. The inside of a piece of bleeding, I was going to say semen, not seaweed. (laughs) Like all that crap that you learn in school and you never need it. Well, I did technology for my junior cert and engineering for my leaving cert. I have to say that has stood to me. Has it? Absolutely everything else, nah. Maybe Algebra, a business. do you use that? No, I tur- when my leaving cert, I turned everything into a simultaneous equation on maths paper too. Everything. I remember coming in, I was like, what will I do with it? Oh, turn it into a simultaneous, <laughs> couldn't tell you what a simultaneous equation is. Apparently the kids don't even learn that anymore because I mentioned Good. it the other day and they were like, what's a simultaneous equation? I'm like, oh, you guys are so behind yeah. the time. I'm glad to hear that that is changing. Now tell me this, um, what was your sex education like in school? Um, in secondary school, so in primary school, I just I just vaguely remember someone putting a sanitary towel on a on a what you call it on a stool I don't it was a convent so we didn't get very much in that but I do remember in secondary school <clears throat> we the boys and the girls were split and uh, we were in Anne Kelly's room and our, our base room and it was all talking about how to, you know put your hand up if, I think everyone got to write something down they, they had a question anonymously and you could answer it um, we were quite like, the school was quite progressive I suppose and that was all good and that was fine we were talking, of course, everyone have you had, I didn't get my period until second year. I'll tell you about that in a sec, if I have time. And, um, but everyone, oh, of course, we all had it because no one wanted to admit that they didn't have it. And that was grand. And then we watched a video, which the kid in it was definitely wearing 70s clothes. And I've Googled this before and it's definitely, this guy, this young fella goes to a zoo. He finds out about, 
He reads that a man once had an erection so big that his penis fell off. So he goes to, where else would you go? The zoo. So he goes to the zoo and he's asking all these people and everyone's like looking at him as if he's 10 heads because clearly it's bizarre. And he whispers in the zookeeper's ear and nobody hears what the zookeeper says. And then the zookeeper explained it to him, which was weird. I think it was through animals. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Like, and we just kind of found out about, he like... He explained to him, oh, literally the birds and the bees, yeah, like, I through the form of animals mating. Yeah, I don't oh, remember. No. Like, like, my mum and dad would have been real open, and I had a book when I was really young. Yeah. Um, and we always, my parents always named the parts of the body the proper name. Mm-hmm. Like, they never had, like, foo-foo or whatever people might say. And one time, one of the neighbours, I was over in the garden with two, I always hung around with boys. I was over in the garden, the neighbour's garden with two of the lads and we were all young and obviously, you know, like nobody wore. Well, I'm sure we had clothes on, but I started going, Gina, Gina, and pointing at myself. That was fine. And then apparently the neighbour comes over to my dad and knocks on the door. I say the neighbour's name was, we say Tom again, right? <laughs> knocks on the door and he's like, uh, Michael, um, I, I don't know what to say to you. Um, it just, uh, just something's after happening. Um, uh, Emer was over in the garden and... Um, she started pointing to, you know, her, and uh, she kept saying Gina. I think she was trying to say vagina. And uh, and my dad said, well, Tom, what would you like her to call it? <laughs> and actually, you know, this story, I just Your said, dad is such a legend. But the, <laughs> we, yeah. Tell me, uh, tell me, tell me, tell me about going swimming with your dad. <laughs> tell me. I, it's just tell me because people need to know. Okay, the special sock story, right? Oh, I just love this. Saving this for something special. So here we go. Um, so it, we went to Ibiza when I was, I think I ruined every holiday that my parents ever brought me on. The first year I went away was two. And I used to, I was crying my eyes out because I missed my nana. Um, I didn't like water splash on my face. So my dad used to sit by the side of the pool. And anytime someone jumped in and splashed me, he'd wipe the face, like spoiled, right? So that was the first holiday. It wasn't great. Daddy's girl. I know, right? So then we go to Ibiza. And I'm six or seven and I'm mad for the swimming pool because what kid doesn't like a swimming pool? And we get there and um, we get there really early in the morning and we have a little nap. Like, it's like, you know, still twilight, have a nap, go out. And mum and dad want to unpack and we were on a ground floor apartment. So dad puts my armbands on, lifts me up, you know, go into the shallow end and I toddle off over. And I'm sitting on the edge of the deep end just paddling my feet. And my dad obviously sees and he whistles and I come running back to him. I heard something, didn't think anything of it. And as I go back, there was an Italian woman in the apartment above and she's all like, blah, 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 blah. and she looked look down, blood everywhere. Now, this is Ibiza in the 80s, the height of the AIDS crisis. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, that's my mum, when she tells the story, I was just thinking, oh God, like, because obviously you're just going to get it off the grass. And um, <laughs> so it, I'd split my foot open, rush me straight to the, the uh, reception, reception, get this doctor. I go in and turns out I got a tetanus injection I kicked and screamed the place down don't remember or like don't remember getting the injection but did that was fine puts the thing around my feet or my foot and he's like uh, Naima can't swim for the two weeks of the holiday my parents are like what the f-? you know so a big massive bandage on your foot yeah because I'd split it open and I needed okay, stitches okay yeah so what had happened was I'd kicked a piece of glass and I'd, it was flying glass I'd split it I still have the scar on my foot and so anyway, couldn't swim for the two weeks of the holiday. So my dad made this pact that if he, I couldn't swim, he couldn't swim. He wouldn't oh. swim. Yeah, yeah. That's what you think, right? So, um, of course, I was hanging out with all my pals and they'd be like, oh, it's so warm. I want to go for a swim. So they'd all swim and I'd go back to my mom and dad and be like, I'm out and I wanted to swim and whatever. So um, I had my parents' heart broken. And then my dad said one day, uh, he, he, I was having a siesta and he said, sorry, he's ducky, he was sweating. He was like, we're in a beat, like he jumped yeah. into the swimming pool and I'd woken up. Obviously I'd fallen asleep on a sun lounger and woke up and he said, he just came up out of the water and I can remember this. He came up out of the water and I was standing on the edge of the pool and he says, you just had the lip, you know, that like, 
you promised. And he was like, fuck this, right? So he brought me to a chemist and he decided that he bought butterfly bandages and a special sock. And he put the special sock on. And I was a really chatty kid. Surprise, surprise. And everybody knew me as the girl who'd, you know, split her foot open. So everyone knew who I was and they were all asking and blah, blah, blah. So they were like, oh, I didn't think you were allowed in the pool because it was like the end of the first week. And I was like, oh, my dad's had to get me this special sock and I'm showing everybody the special sock, which had a really large, um, uh, big toe. And uh, and that was all fine. And so yeah, it was grand. It's it's kind of started to disintegrate as you're getting in and out of the pool and stuff like that. And that's fine. So that was only six. That was grand. And uh, so then flash forward. So that was six. Flash forward to um, I'm about 12 and all the family are over from the States. And I think it's around October time. And we're all sitting around, we sing song, this, that, and the other. And we're just chatting. Like, whole family, whole of my dad's family there. And my dad's like, oh yeah, sure. Do you remember that time we were in Ibiza and I put the Johnny on Emer's foot so she could get in the swimming pool? I left the room, went into the kitchen. So I was going around with a condom. God. On my foot. It's very clever though at the same time. Oh yeah, my God. Special And I'm, t- I'm pointing to everyone. Oh, look, it was special time. My For years, my mate, when I told my mates that story, they bought me like at Christmas, I'd get a box of Johnny's and it'd be like special Oh, God. Very yeah. inventive of your dad. <laughs> you never twin. Inventive. Child abuse. Well, why would I? I was six. <laughs> six education hadn't even come. Like, do you know what I mean? Like a Johnny on my oh, foot, God. and the, and look, I'm remembering back like the ring of the top of the oh condom, you know, like God. around my ankle. Yeah. And did it work though? And then obviously no yeah, water in the bandage. Well, obviously, like they're durable, but they're not that good. Like I know they were probably really thick and all back then, but um, I was getting in there the pool. Now my dad and my mom claim that there was a sock over it, like a normal sock, but yeah. I don't think there was. I remember, and they said, "I'm sure we have photos, but we've never been able to find the photos." Surprise, surprise. Classic. That was also the same holiday. I had black and white like bikini top and bottoms, and when I came back, and I got the tan through the bikini, so through the white bit, obviously I'd gotten the tan or whatever. And like my nana marching me up and down, walking, saying, Wait, and you see Emer. And like she pulled it, and I'd have to show all grannies the top of my arse so that they'd see the stripes. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. That's hilarious. Tell you. Oh, the special sock. I just, that is just so funny. And I have to say, listen, what would MacGyver do? That's what he would have done the exact same thing. Yeah, he would have. Now, Emer, tell me this. If you could go back and talk to um, teenage Emer now, what would you say? To your teen self I don't Like it's kind of A funny one Because I I was I didn't I always thought It was really serious As a younger person And actually reading Some of the stuff there I was like Maybe it wasn't Or maybe it was I think I would just Tell them To don't play it so safe Take a few more Little risks But that Everything will be okay And uh, Just I, I had a great time If I, if I could yeah. go back And live my teens again There's very little I would change Don't listen to the bullies Um you know, you'll end up being, you'll do what you want. Um, and what I would say is um, make the teachers tell you where to go to college. Like I would change my college trajectory. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think as a person, I would just like, you know, you, she, she, when I was reading the stuff today, she's cool. She's mad. Uh, maybe don't write as much poetry if, um, <laughs> or, uh, or burn it when you're finished. Um, but yeah, t- t- just take a couple, a little bit more risky bits and, uh, I don't mean that in any big grand gesture way and uh, it'll all be okay. Like, you know, and it's even now when you look back in your childhood, everything that happens you think is going to be the end of the world. It's Mm. not. It's only a tiny microcosm in your whole life. Even stuff that you're going through right now, it feels so big and so horrible. I'm saying that now as an adult, Mm -hmm. but in the grand scheme of things, it goes away and you learn from everything. Um, You'll stay pals with your pals. Um, and you were 
right to trust the people that you're trusting and uh, never lose that spark that you have and just keep going. I mean, I, I battled with my weight. I still do. I did back then. Forget it. Have that Mars bar. Have the crack. <laughs> Maybe go to the gym a little bit more in your <laughs> teens. And wear makeup a little bit earlier. <coughs> but uh, yeah, don't don't be afraid to take a few little risks. Well, Emer, for taking part in this podcast. Finally, I've remembered to do it. The last two guests, I've forgotten to do it while, the, the, while things are rolling. You get one of Jules's giant 10 penny yes. bags. So the inner child That's and you epic. right now can have all the ultimate retro 90s sweets from back in the day. Candy sticks candy of Batman si- and Robin, I yeah, love Batman. Candy cigarettes, they're all in there so you can <laughs> smoke an old teaspoon of sugar later on. Definitely. And there's enough it, sugar in there to is last Is this for real or do you have to give it to the next guest? No, well? it's for you. Everybody gets one, yeah. Totally having one. Yeah, absolutely. Munch away. Mm. So uh, thank you so much for sharing your cringe binge of your teenage years. You've been an amazing guest. Thank you for making me go down memory lane and just... Remember how much fun it was. And finding the humour in it all. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Thank you, Emer. Thanks, Jules. Ah, finding the humour in it all. That's what it's all about. And I tell you, I'm deadly serious about that book of poetry. The more I thought about it afterwards, I thought, what a brilliant idea. Can you imagine what comedy gold is buried in old folders and homework notebooks and diaries around the country? If you've written some cringy poetry, it might be funny or sad or whatever form it comes in. As long as you wrote it when you were a teenager, please send it to me. I'm going to compile all the poems together and try and get it published. Now, obviously, we'll do it for charity, a mental health charity, maybe Pieta House. Uh, Compile them all together. Can you imagine how much it would make people laugh reading them? So if you have a poem you'd like to send in, my email address is podcast at julescall.com. And for more information on anything to do with this podcast, it's cringebingepodcast.com. And my Instagram is julescallpics. And Emer's Instagram is at Eames underscore M. So E-I-M-S underscore M. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. I'll be back next Wednesday. I'm Jules Call, host of the Cringe Binge podcast, My 90s Teenage Diary. Brought to you by Acast, home of the world's best podcasts. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.